What does it mean to be a watchman? In ancient times, watchmen would sit on a high height, weapon at the ready, for many hours at a time. They would have to be constantly vigilant, constantly ready, looking for any sign of movement. There is still a time where men today do this. It's called deer season. And today, the Lord appoints Ezekiel as a watchman. And it says right before the passage that we hear about what is the duty of a watchman. And that is to warn the people of impending danger. If he warns them and they do not listen, then the watchman is innocent. But if the watchman fails in his duty, either not seeing the danger or failing to warn the people, then their blood is on his head. The prophet Ezekiel is given that same call. When the Lord gives him a word of warning for the people, the prophet must proclaim it. The people might not listen, but that is on them. The prophet needs to proclaim it, come what may. But what is Ezekiel watching over? See, this is where it's so important to know the context of the readings we hear. See, Ezekiel wasn't watching over the city of Jerusalem. Ezekiel was actually already in exile in Babylon. He was one of the first taken and the first wave sent into Babylon in exile. And in fact, later in the same chapter, he hears word that Jerusalem has fallen, that the last of Jerusalem has been cleared out. No, Ezekiel was a watchman with a much greater task than watching over a city. And I think it's here that we learn our own greater task as well, that we learn the nature of what it means for us to be watchmen. See, Ezekiel was watching over something much more precious than a city. He was watching over the people's faith. And the faith of a people in exile is a precious thing. The faith of a people living in a strange land, surrounded by their enemies, is something that needs guarding is something that needs watching over. What's my point in all this? Well, I think we find ourselves in a similar spot. See, Jerusalem has fallen. Our society is no longer a Christian one. America is not the city on the hill. We have not won the culture war. We are, in a sense, a people in exile in a foreign culture. And I'm certainly drawing with broad swaths here, and I'm not looking to be alarmist. And I don't think what I'm saying is particularly news to anyone. But what's my point? We need to embrace the call in this time to be watchmen. Because guarding a city is easy, but guarding the faith and the hearts of a people in exile is a much harder task. There's a short book out there called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission which points out pretty much exactly what I have said, that we no longer live in a society that is governed by Christian principles and ideals, that even within the last few generations, there has been a dramatic shift. I think we know this, but the question is, what do we do about it? How do we have to live differently as a result? How do we order our personal and family lives differently? I think it begins with taking an honest stock of the task ahead of us. Imagine you are paddling a canoe. Living in a Christian society, living as a Christian in a Christian society is like paddling the canoe downstream. 
Sure, you need to direct it a little, you need to stay in the current, but it's a very manageable proposition. Living as a Christian in a time such as ours, that is like paddling upstream against the current. It takes effort, consistent effort. And if you stop paddling, you'll find yourself drifting the wrong way. So what does it look like to be a watchman these days? How do we watch over the castle of our own hearts, of our own homes? First, we need to declare Jesus as Lord of our own hearts, of our own families. We need to invite him into every part of our life. And we need to be praying, praying every day, and especially praying together as families, because we cannot do this without him. Second, we need to look around and recognize that we are not called to do this alone. Something I think that is so clear from all three readings today is that we have a responsibility to each other, that we are called to live the Christian life with and for each other. Now, I wanna hone in on two particular aspects of being a watchman, that we need to watch over what we let into our minds and what we let into our hearts. What we let into our minds. Well, namely, what do we consume? What music do we listen to? What kind of shows and movies are we watching? What do we scroll through on social media? What is it doing to us? What is it doing to our minds? How is it shaping the way we think? How are we allowing it to shape our priorities? A good, a good question to ask would be, does what I watch, what I scroll through, does it lead me to love God? Does it lead me to love my neighbor, my wife, my kids? As our second reading says today, love is the fulfillment of the law. Is what I consume leading me to love? And this isn't just about avoiding the bad. Are we filling our minds with goodness, with truth, with beauty? Am I reading the word of God? Am I watching things that inspire me because they are good and true and beautiful? And second, what are we letting into our hearts? What are we allowing to take root in our hearts? What do I mean? Well, I think there is a dangerous type of hopelessness that can lead to apathy. What am I saying? Well, I think that if we allow our minds to be inundated by all of the world's problems thrown at us by the news, by social media, it can lead to a kind of apathy, a lead to a kind of apathy seeping into our hearts that renders us unable to affect change in the ways that we are actually called to and actually can. Or, or to put it differently, we can be so concerned about all the problems way out there that we don't allow the Lord to inspire us as to how we can love and serve right here. Volunteer at your church. Get involved at your kid's school, your local food bank, your, the local homeless ministry. Get off social media and be a part of society. I think there's also a temptation that can creep in to desire conformity with those around us. A weight on our hearts can often be, I don't want to stand out to be different, to be seen as strange or odd. And certainly if you have kids, I don't want my kid to be seen as different or to be seen as odd or to be the only one without the latest phone or game system or new style. And there can be a real concern and real compassion that can burden our hearts. 
but for compassion, for any kind of love to be genuine, it has to be rooted in the truth, it has to be rooted in what is truly good for your child, for your family, for yourself. Remember, we are paddling against the current here. This takes courage and perseverance. It's easy to watch over a city, but it's a lot harder to watch over the faith in people's hearts. And parents, I want to acknowledge you and praise you. It is a heroic task to seek to raise children in the faith. It is a heroic task to be a watchman over little minds and hearts, but it is worth it. And the Lord sees you and delights in you. And he is with you, particularly on the difficult days. I don't think I really realized until I was older all the ways that my parents sacrificed and worked to watch over and protect us kids. But looking back, I am so grateful because I would not be here if not for their willingness to be watchmen, to be parents. And this, this is the incredible part as we come to the end, that the thing that shaped all of Ezekiel's mission. See, Israel, they were in exile in Babylon, but God had plans for their restoration. God had plans to bring them out of this exile, to return them to their land. But returning to their land would only be good if they had first undergone a restoration of their hearts, if they underwent a deeper conversion of their hearts, the faith not just being kept alive, but being deepened and strengthened. And so three chapters later, the Lord speaks this over his people in Ezekiel 36. It's one of my favorite passages. And this promise should echo in our hearts. And this prayer for renewal is something that we should pray for. The Lord says this through Ezekiel. He says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. God had big plans for those exiles and he has big plans for us. Our task is no less important than that of Ezekiel. And we have been chosen for just this time. And so what kind of sacrifices are we willing to make to be the watchman needed in our time for our own hearts and minds, for those of our children, to be ready to take part in God's plan of restoration and redemption in our time? So I invite you today to pray. To pray, especially if the burden of this task seems too heavy, if it seems too difficult, to pray for the Lord to give you a new heart, to restore your heart, to give you a taste of that restoration and redemption that he has planned. And to pray for both yourself, for your family, for this parish, for our church, for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit, for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit, so that the Lord might renew the face of the earth.